0: This is Phil from Costa Mesa, California, and I never listen to I Doubt It with Dalamore. The following broadcast may contain free thinking and open minded discussion, ideas, skepticism, and adult subject matter. Topics will be discussed using adult language, sometimes gratuitously. Get ready to move the conversation forward. This ain't your granddad's news and comment show. This is I Doubt It with Dolomore. All right, we are back. Let's get this. Let's get this going. Episode 177 of I Doubt It with Dolomore. I am your host after a a one-episode hiatus. Thank you for joining us. My lovely co-host Brittany Page sits across from me, and she is raring to go.
3: Here I am.
0: <laughs> I expected a little bit more excitement since we we enjoyed a day off.
3: Yes. Well, we had a day off. I don't know if we enjoyed it, well, okay, per that's, se. But that is
0: true. Actually, that is, that is very true.
3: But yes, we did have a day off, and... Yeah, it was good. I I miss the show when we don't do it.
0: Well, I miss the show. I always miss the show, but it, it, it's certainly something that uh, skipping a show is a bummer because we end up, all kinds of shit stacks up, and it is, it's hell trying to pair, you know, there's so many great stories that I want to talk about, and we just don't have the time because I don't want to saddle the audience with a three-hour episode.
3: Right. I mean, I don't, I don't know about great stories, but there's a lot of news, important stories happening. Oh,
0: I don't mean great, like, you know, a, 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 a grandma lifting a car and saving someone from being crushed.
3: Now, that is a great story. I, I
0: mean, I mean a great story that, you know, uh, it's like awesome. Awesome doesn't mean like, oh, yeah, totally rad, right, dude. Awesome is, uh, it's full of awe. Yes, So the same thing, it could be great and terrible all at the same time. Indeed. Thanks for the correction and the English lesson.
3: You're welcome.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So I guess what I want to talk about before we start with the program is the fact that I was awoken two nights ago at, well, first of all, let's say this. I need the, the audience to understand, our faithful and loyal audience to understand that your humble host has a sleeping issue.
3: Mm-hmm. I
0: almost said disorder, but I, I don't want to go that far.
3: A little bit of an insomnia problem. Yeah, well,
0: it's, it's gotten much, much better over the course of the last three to four years, mm-hmm. but I used to be an every single night sleeping pill guy. And it's not that way anymore. I haven't taken sleeping pills for, like I said, three or four years. However, my the problem still persists that when I do finally get to sleep, if I am awoken from my beautiful, luxurious slumber, <laughs> it's fucking over. And I am now awake. Uh-huh. And I was awoken two nights ago. You probably remember this, Brittany, since you were the cause of my... Wakefulness. What? what? And I Why there's would I have been rustling because? and yeah. <laughs> and the, jumbling. And I look over.
3: There was not jumbling.
0: And Brittany is sitting at her computer, legs up on these high stools that we have. They're back. they have backs. I guess they're just high legged chairs. Mm-hmm. And she's sitting at her computer with her legs up doing whatever at the computer. And it's one. In the morning. I mean, this is prime Britney Page sleeping hours because there's a (laughs) dichotomy that is drawn between the lovely Britney Page and your humble host, Jesse Dalimore. I have issues sleeping. Britney can fall asleep anywhere, anytime. Mm -hmm. It is, she's good to go with the sleep.
3: Yeah, no matter what's going on, (laughs) I can take a nap.
0: Unless apparently. She spies a spider <laughs> in the window.
3: It was terrifying, and it and was then huge. She, she
0: got up. She says silently, but apparently loud enough.
3: No, how about I tell to wake me how up? How about I tell my side of the story with with the spider about the spider? Go ahead. Okay, so I woke Dig up your hole. So I woke up, and the TV has to be on while the sleeping is occurring. So there's already light is, shining on. That is
0: also. An issue of mine.
3: Yes, which is a preference, not of mine, but I can sleep under any, under any condition, so it's fine. <laughs> so the TV light is shining, and I look at the window and I see this massive tarantula on the window. All
0: right. Now this is where I need to interject. It,
3: <laughs> it was a
0: it was, you know, it was a, a big spider. It
3: crunched when
0: you killed it. It did crunch when I killed it. That's but, big. But it's not like Australia or New Zealand big. It's just, it's a spider.
3: Okay, so I could see it with the light, and as soon as I spotted it, I couldn't close my eyes again because I had to watch it because (laughs) I I thought it was going to jump over on me. Brittany
0: thinks that spiders, much like birds, remember your face and hold a grudge and will have to exact some kind of vendetta against maybe you killed its cousin or something.
3: Well, I feel like, you know, I saw it, so it saw me. And we're like holding eye contact (laughs) to see who's going to move and make the first move, who's going to attack first. And what would happen is whatever was on the TV at some point, there was like flashing red and then black and then red. So there was this red light flashing on the spider and then it would go black and then red and black. Like
0: just coincidental horror lighting. Yeah,
3: it was like a horror movie. (laughs) And so I'm laying there and things are just getting worse worse by the minute so finally and I'm i like, of
0: course am <laughs> be
3: be 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 yeah so finally oh. i'm like f this be 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 and i get up and i i just decide i'm gonna be up all night because i'm not gonna sleep with this thing sitting next to me about to hop on me at any moment so i get up come to my computer and then
0: how long did it take for me to wake up
3: about two minutes
0: <laughs> all right so apparently you did do something to wake me up No. (laughs) Oh, maybe the spider was whispering, sending me thoughts telepathically. That's
3: possible. Hmm. Mm -hmm.
0: So I got up, went and got a square or two of toilet paper and dispatched the spider with extreme prejudice.
3: Well, no, you're ruining it. So you asked me, why are you (laughs) awake? Right,
0: right. That 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 is what happened. And I said. What's going on? Yeah.
3: And I was like nothing <laughs> and then you said what time is it and I was like 1 a.m. <laughs> and then you said seriously what's going on and I said I don't think I should tell you <laughs> <laughs> and then I was like should I tell you the truth and you were getting pissed at this point so I'm like there's a spider <laughs> And then you're just immediately irritated. But you did get up and kill it, which was really kind. And I really appreciate that.
0: Yeah. And And this is not
3: the first time this has happened.
0: (laughs) That is true. It seems to be uh, a pattern with you, Brittany Page.
3: Yeah, there was one other time I saw a spider. I went and got a chair. I put it in the middle of the room, got my blanket and my pillow. And I was going to sleep sitting up in the chair because (laughs) I lost the spider. I didn't know where it went.
0: Here's the weird thing. And we need to move on. Um, you're one tough bitch. Britney Page is not afraid of controversy. Britney Page is not afraid of confrontation. She doesn't seek it out, but she's certainly not a wilting violet. hmm And it is just a, a <laughs> anathema to me <laughs> that you have such a difficult time
3: with a tiny arachnid. I had a childhood trauma.
0: Oh, you did, did you? Related to spiders. Everybody who can't handle something, (laughs) it's a childhood trauma, and that's why.
3: Yeah, I did. That doesn't explain
0: it away for me.
3: (laughs) I was hoping it would. It is
0: still an inexplicable fear to me.
3: Yeah, I don't have a. It doesn't make sense. I'm sorry. So
0: until next time, (laughs) I will be waking up and killing a little tiny spider that probably doesn't cover. My pinky name. Crunching.
3: Big enough to crunch. Yeah, lots of
0: insects are like big enough. Like a
3: meaty, meaty crunch.
0: Big enough to crunch. Anyway, six five seven-four six four-seventy-six zero nine. That is our number. You can also email a voice memo from your smartphone to doubt it at We do have on the Facebook, on the Facebook page, I guess, on the Facebook. Um, a question that we're posing to the audience about when they lost their Santa virginity, and I don't mean the first time that Santa had made sweet, sweet love to you, but when you were told by your parents that they were lying to you the entire time, and how did that go? I'm really looking for kind of s- stories that go sideways. Like, it was not a good time. And I think Brittany's just looking for all all the different types of stories. Cause I really wasn't raised believing in Santa. We went along because we didn't want to spoil the fun for my cousins, but we didn't we didn't buy into the bullshit.
3: And I was totally raised believing in Santa. Right, right. Which is weird because my parents like didn't care about the serious concerns, but they were like really into making us believe in Santa. <laughs>
0: Getting you warm coats for the winter, not a big deal. Yeah. But continuing the lie about Santa, big deal.
3: Yeah, making sure we were educated, not important. <laughs> Believe in Santa.
0: So anyway, we're going to be featuring these through Christmas, and we'll be talking about it throughout. So 657-464-7609, email it at com. So... The GOP debate, I just want to remind everybody, is on, the, um, I th- I believe it's a Tuesday. Tuesday the 15th is a CNN debate with the GOP. They're going to be back in Vegas. And then on the 19th of this month, which I think is another Saturday, ridiculous, is going to be the Democrat debate. So we're going to be covering those like we do for the Patreon subscribers. And I just wanted to remind everybody to g- jump on that train if you have not yet done so
3: should we also quickly note for the patreon patrons
0: oh yeah yeah i do want to talk about that
3: okay we have had
0: i want to just make very clear how the patreon thing works and this isn't a a call to have you go and 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 support us there this is i want to explain it that when we do a bonus episode It is just that, a bonus episode. You will get alerted that the episode has been posted to Patreon to let you know that it's there. But there should be some kind of indication on there that it is not, you didn't pay for the episode. Right. That's a a, bonus. That is
3: a bonus for being a patron, for paying for the episodes. We like to give you a little treat. Right. And that's our little treat.
0: And then the other thing is, if we skip an episode, as we did this last episode, Last episode, that is not charged to Patreon. Right. You're not paying for any episodes we don't do. (laughs) And you're not getting, you're not paying for bonus episodes that we do do. Yes. So it's an honest, upfront thing. We're not trying to scam you.
3: Yes. (laughs) That is true.
0: All right. Now let's move on. A little follow up. We have talked many times on this show about George Zimmerman, the gentleman who was acquitted for the murder of Trayvon Martin, who has subsequently been in in different scrapes with the cops many times, um, two of which involved brandishing a weapon and domestic violence. And he is in trouble again, this time for his ridiculousness on Twitter.
3: Yeah, he just committed a sex crime on Twitter.
0: Oh, wow. Is that, are they classifying it as that, huh?
3: Yeah, he posted revenge porn. He posted wow. nude photos of his ex-girlfriend without her permission, obviously. So, he goes under the well, he did. His Twitter's been deleted, but he he was going under the Twitter handle of The Real George Z, like he's a celebrity or something.
0: <laughs> like The Real Donald Trump.
3: Right. <laughs> so, we got
0: a lot of common.
3: So he tweeted nude photos of a woman he claimed cheated on him with, quote, a dirty Muslim. Goddamn. That is a direct quote from George Zimmerman. In addition to posting a topless photo of the woman who is identified in the tweet by her first name, Zimmerman also included what appears to be the woman's phone number. And in a second tweet that contains another nude image, her email address. And he said that she'll sleep with anyone gave her phone number and even, then
0: even a dirty Muslim is what he said.
3: Right. And then he <laughs> said, Did wow. I go too far? Not the correct two. I won't even mention that she stole a gun and cash from me, her line's busy, and then gave her email address as well. Wow. And posted another nude photo of her with her face in it.
0: It makes you wonder though, and I'm not blaming the lady here, but seriously, this is a this is a chick who's broken. She's she's seeking or dramatic situations to be involved with this maniac because he is by all accounts there's something wrong with him he's not just your normal had a run in with the law kind of guy it's getting to the point i feel that he he thinks he's invincible Are you getting
3: that? It definitely appears that way because he, I mean, he's committed several violent crimes. Yeah, crazy
0: road rage. He murdered a guy and got acquitted for it.
3: Right. I mean, and he seems to be headed in that direction again. But so this is a violation of Florida's sexual cyber harassment law, which was signed into law earlier this year. Florida is one of 17 states to enact legislation regarding the posting of nude images without consent within the past several years because of the growing popularity of revenge porn.
0: Yeah. Well, I, I don't like to try to, to be like prognosticate on certain issues but if this guy isn't stopped he's going to end up killing someone because of the fact that he believes he's beyond reproach he's untouchable that he's this lucky streak is going to continue somebody needs to stop this guy he needs to be in jail all right let's move on but before we do
2: Support for I Doubt It With Dollamore comes from generous, engaged, intelligent, and good-looking listeners like yourself by way of Patreon. You can contribute per episode, as much or as little as you'd like, comforted by the knowledge that you're within your budget and helping move the conversation forward one podcast at a time. If you too would like to become a supporter, please visit patreon.com slash I Doubt It With Dollamore.
0: All right. Well, this entire democracy segment is going to be, I guess, a little different because of the San Bernardino terrorist attack that happened. It's going to shape some of the clips that we play and what we talk about. And there's a couple in here that aren't necessarily politicians, but they really bleed right into the politics of this. And so I just want to warn you, going forward, that's primarily what we're going to be talking about. Democracy 2016 facing down pessimistic politics with realistic optimism. So like I said, there was a terrorist attack in San Bernardino, California, not 50 miles from where we sit right now. 14 people were killed, 21 injured. So the death toll may actually rise, unfortunately. This was accomplished at the hands of a husband and wife team. New parents, by all accounts. The man worked for the county. He was attending a Christmas party, which he left early to go get decked out in his tactical armored gear and return with his jihadi wife to wreak havoc on his co-workers and anyone else who stood in their way. In the immediate aftermath of this, when all of the details were just coming in and there is a very chaotic, frenetic pace at which the media is reporting.
3: Well, especially before they had even been caught.
0: Yeah, well, there was a crazy car chase. It was one of those deals where Brittany and I We had two TVs going, one with CNN, and then we flipped over to our local Los Angeles network channels because they had the helicopter in the sky. And for those of you who don't know, Los Angeles is very unique in that they cover on live TV, like it's reality TV or entertainment, they cover police chases. Anytime there's a police chase, Mm -hmm. it is... They cut into regular programming, and they cover it.
3: And it is quite often.
0: Yes. And they're very, very good at it. And that skillfulness, that artfulness that they have developed over time really paid off in spades for this particular event because they were able to cover from the air unlike maybe anything we've ever seen.
3: Mm -hmm, Because a shootout occurred on a street.
0: Right. There was a police chase, and there was a shootout. The woman was left dead. None of this was known at the time that she was a woman or anything. But um, anyway, so what I want to talk about, there's a few things. One being that there there were several people on Twitter that were jumping to conclusions trying to link this particular shooting to what took place in Colorado Springs at the Planned Parenthood not even a week prior. And they were saying that this is another, you know, they think that this is an abortion thing and because this was a a government health facility that they were postulating that these people probably thought that abortions took place there. Anyway, they were wrong. And then the narrative switched to workplace violence, some kind of altercation that took place between two employees. And then that, slowly, that took a little longer to fall to the wayside. Finally, we have landed on, and we've realized, even the president this evening has admitted, that this was terror. This was Islamism. I don't think he used those words, but that is what it is. And I would caution our listeners, when they watch the news, when things like this are going down, take a beat, take a deep breath, and wait for the verified Sources and organizations to check their sources to get the real details. I mean, e- even even as early as, as a, a day or two ago, they were there were still people on CNN, quote unquote experts, who were claiming that this is a workplace discrimination situation where he this this gentleman Farouk Said Farouk was was being made fun of or had been made fun of. Because of his beard. And I don't necessarily want to say that they were justifying it, but they were trying to explain it away with that kind of logic.
3: So, because he was made fun of his beard, he then went home and put on tactical gear and got a bunch of assault weapons and... in a
0: duffel bag full of pipe bombs. Right,
3: and 19 pipe bombs. And then he went back to the party because he was made fun of for his beard. Yeah, I just... It, it just doesn't seem plausible, right?
0: Right. That's right. It, it just doesn't logically, the two don't go together. A workplace violent kind of a situation where someone, there's an altercation, shit goes down right there.
3: Well, it's, it's and also- And maybe
0: someone will go out to their car and get their gun and like, I'm coming back, but come on. They're not going back and changing into to tactical you know, well, utilities. Well, who even has that? Exactly.
3: I mean, I might like find a green jacket in my cl- closet or something that looks like an army jacket. I mean, I'm right. no one, not average people don't have tactical gear. I mean, they were outfitted with this gear to fight.
0: Right. Which should lead everyone to the conclusion, even laymen, lay people, <laughs> Brittany Page, I want to be use bias free language here. Thank you. Uh, even lay people should understand that that takes premeditation Mm -hmm. that takes organization that takes planning that's not just a whim kind of a thing so that's where we are it is definitely terror even the president said tonight and this complicates our situation greatly and i don't even just mean from the obvious national security homeland security situation it complicates our political situation Even more than it already was because it gives steam. It gives momentum to the likes of the asshats in the race like Donald Trump.
3: So the wife of Saeed Farouk is from Pakistan.
0: That's right, yeah. And
3: he went to Saudi Arabia, and I don't know if he met her there or...
0: He was on some kind of like... He was on some kind of like uh, like jihadi dating, I'm making a joke, I mean, he was on some kind of a devout Muslim dating, you know, mail-order bride kind of situation. Was he really? Yeah, he was like posting that I want my woman to wear a hijab. I mean, he was like, you know, you line out exactly how devout that you want your wife. And at some point, she had moved from Pakistan to Saudi Arabia, and now it's coming out that maybe she was the radicalizing element to him.
3: Right, and it's being reported that she had made a post on Facebook during or before the event and pledged her allegiance to ISIL.
0: Yeah, to 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 specifically to uh, Abu Bakr al Baghdadi, the leader of ISIL. So mm-hmm. they're in the they're in they're in it thick here.
3: And ISIL has come out and said that this was done at the hands of their supporters. That's right. So not saying that they like sent someone out and, you know, yes, we infiltrated and yes, we did this. It's well, these were people that supported us. That's right. That well, did this.
0: look, there's no way to shake it. 14 Americans right now are dead at the hands of an ISIL inspired attack.
3: And they also had a baby.
0: That's right, a six-month-old baby.
3: And I heard um, an FBI analyst or something on the news say that it's possible that they had the baby just to appear as though they were um, like a normal couple, like try to have a distraction. Yeah. Because there, there were report- There were reports that. Uh, neighbors were suspicious of the number of packages that were coming to the house and kind of the activity. Right. But that they didn't feel comfortable saying anything because they didn't want to be perceived as prejudice
0: or discriminatory. Right. right. They're only complaining because they're Muslims. Right. And yeah. so
3: the whole time they're getting all these suspicious packages and you know all these all this weaponry is coming into this house right. and they're like oh, I don't think we can say anything because oh, we don't want to be perceived a certain way.
0: Right. Well, like I said, this fueling the nutters in the Republican Party, the xenophobes, the racists in the Republican Party like Donald Trump, um, he came out and doubled down on on his claim earlier that he wants to start a Muslim registry, an ID system of Muslims in America. And as part of his war on terror, he said this, about one other method that he had not previously mentioned but
1: we're fighting a very politically correct war yeah. well, we see and that the other thing is mind. with the terrorists you
0: have to take out their families when you get these terrorists you have to take out their families they, they care about their lives, don't kid yourself but Mr. they Trump. say they don't care about their lives so you have to
3: take out their families
0: so Donald Trump's solution is to kill to hunt down to track down innocent people and take their lives because they happen to be related to radical Islamists.
3: Jesus, I'll tell you, I'm so happy that I am not responsible for the sins of my family members.
0: Oh, my God.
3: I would be screwed. <laughs> it
0: is, this is, this is, uh this is go time, folks. This is serious times that we live in. When this man, and I guess we can get into his poll numbers right now, he leads in a new CNN ORC national. This isn't an Iowa poll. This isn't a New Hampshire or South Carolina poll. This is a national poll. He leads the next closest competitor by 20 points.
3: Yes, this is with registered Republicans and Republican-leaning independents. He leads by 20 points. He has 36% of that vote.
0: And I believe Ted Cruz has 16.
3: Yes, Ted Cruz is second with 16, and Ben Carson has dropped to third with 14%. And then you have Marco Rubio with 12%, and then all the other candidates have less than 5%.
0: That's a fucking nightmare, is what that is. Donald Trump at 36% of likely republican voters and ted cruz number 2 at 16%. I mean that is a nightmare.
3: Right. So Trump is up 9 points. So he's going up. Right. Despite the looney tune things that are coming out of his mouth, he continues to go up in the polls. And I know that, you know, 538 and a lot of other sources say it's too early to really take this seriously. But it is still very concerning that when someone answers the phone and they're getting a pollster call, they say, yes, I'm voting for Donald Trump. People are still saying that. Right. After
0: hearing all this.
3: That is concerning.
0: And so in the wake of the shooting, the next day, the New York Daily News on their front page featured a lot of pictures of politicians calling them cowards. And the headline of something like, God's not fixing this. Well, of course.
3: The reason that was the title is because every time a mass shooting happens, and I'm sure you see it all over your Facebook and on your Twitter, the politicians and the general public come out and they say, our thoughts and prayers are with the victims. Right.
0: And And then that's it.
3: Right. That's it. And so the New York Daily News posted this cover and it's it's bold. I mean, in bold lettering, it says God isn't fixing this. And it has four GOP candidates. Well, and Paul Ryan that say, you know, our thoughts and prayers are with you. And basically their point is prayers aren't fixing this. We need actual action to happen in order to fix this. Right.
0: Well, rest assured the idiots on Fox and Friends didn't miss a moment to talk about this, what they consider dangerous and insidious headline. On the cover of the Daily News, they have politicized this already. Hey, Republicans are saying God isn't fixing this. As the latest batch of innocent Americans are left dying in pools of blood, cowards, who they picture right here Rand Paul, Paul Ryan, Ted Cruz, Lindsey Graham, oh, are Republicans, cowards who could truly and gun scourge continue to hide behind meaningless platitudes. You
1: know, I was so disturbed by that cover, and but when you see tweets like Chris Murphy out of Connecticut saying your thoughts should be about steps to take to stop to take this carnage, your prayers should be for forgiveness if you do nothing again, and then a tweet from the editor of Think Progress, Think Zach Ford, saying, "Try this: stop thinking, stop praying, look up Einstein's definition of insanity, stop acting on gun violence prevention measures." You know and what Now
0: listen. Now listen to this. Here's a father who was getting a text from his daughter.
1: Yeah.
2: Seven. Shooting at my work, people shot, in the office waiting for cops. <laughs> pray for us.
1: He said so his daughter inside. in there was saying, texting him at the time, pray for us. I say this if you wanna if you wanna line up with terrorists and try to take God away, you're not on the right side. That's all I'd have to say to those politicians uh, who want to tell you to stop praying, just don't.
3: Who does Elizabeth Hasselbeck think that she's fooling when she says that statement? It
0: is it is egregious all, and stupid.
3: All you ever hear the Republicans talk about is Islam and radical Islam. Right. They they're not atheists. Okay. So when she's trying to say you want to join the terrorists and quit praying and take away God, that's not what the terrorists want. Yeah.
0: If you join the terrorists, you're not trying to take away God. You're trying to bring a theocracy about in our world.
3: Right. More God. The most God. because
0: Abu Bakr <laughs> al-Baghdadi, you know he's a world renowned atheist. He and Christopher Hitchens were they, were they were they were they were they were chums for way back.
3: right. He's one of the four horsemen.
0: yeah, <laughs> that's right. Mm-hmm. She uh, she's fucking ridiculous. Anyway, this type of bullshit, which is fueling the the xenophobia and the surge for Donald Trump is also being fostered by men leading people this guy is the president of liberty university a leading christian university jerry falwell jr said this to a gathering of the entire student body thousands of students with a senator sitting on the stage and he said this about carrying weapons and exterminating muslims
2: It just blows my mind when I see the President of the United States say that the answer to circumstances like that is more gun control. I mean, if the people — if some of those people in that community center had had what I've got in my back pocket right now — Is it, is it illegal to pull it out? I don't know. Is, is that anyway? I've, I've always thought if more if more good people had concealed carry permits, then we could end those Muslims before they before they walk down and kill it. So so. I just, wanted, I just wanted to take this opportunity to encourage all of you to get your permit we offer a free course and let's let's, let's teach them a lesson if they ever show up here so
0: it's so almost a, an invitation for a terrorist organization to come on in let's teach them a lesson they come on in here I mean where is the where's the Christian love where is the turn the other cheek where's the Christ like behavior that they so readily act like they they display
3: he said in those Muslims
2: I've always thought if more if more good people had concealed carry permits, then we could end those Muslims before they go before off they and kill us.
3: I mean, it's just so disturbing. He didn't say extremists. He didn't yeah. say jihadists.
0: Those Muslims. He
3: said end those Muslims. Are there no Muslims that go to Liberty University?
0: I, I doubt it. I mean, it's a Christian university. A, a fundamentalist Christian university.
3: I saw an article that said there are some Muslim students wow. at, at Liberty University. Mm. I don't know if it's true. And but
0: this, this was an all-hands-on-deck meeting. And he, you know...
2: Then we could end those Muslims.
0: That's deplorable talk from the president of a prominent university.
3: Did it sound like some people in the crowd had a negative reaction? It sounded like that to there me a little have, bit.
0: May have been a couple boos.
3: I mean, it was mostly applause. Yeah, but it was there were some where I kind of heard some detraction there.
0: Yeah, I don't know. Um, but this is this what I'm getting at here is this is the kind of thing right now that is that is adding fuel to the fire of the popularity and support for maniacs like Donald Trump and Ted Cruz countering a plan by Donald Trump an assertion by Donald Trump that we should close mosques like the government just has the right to just shut them down nope closed for business folks no more no more church here no more worshiping here like that's not a a, a flagrant violation of the separation between church and state a separation between the government getting involved in the affairs of faith. So here is Marco Rubio, on with Megyn Kelly, discussing that very thing. Well, I think we need
2: to target radicalism, a lot of it is actually happening online, not simply in mosques. The vast majority but of mosques in But the mosque piece of it is a are controversial
1: are not, piece, so where do you stand on that? Well,
2: I think it's not about closing down mosques. It's about closing down any place, whether it's a a cafe, a diner, an Internet site, any place where radicals are being inspired and that we need to have. And the bigger problem we have ability to find out what these places are because we've crippled our intelligence programs, both through unauthorized disclosures by a traitor, in Edward Snowden, or by some of the things this president has put in place with the support even of some from my own party to diminish our intelligence capabilities. So whatever facility is being used, it's not just a mosque, any facility that's being used to radicalize and inspire attacks against the United States should be a place that we look at.
0: Hmm. Here's the thing, Marco Rubio. A church in and of itself doesn't do that. A church, a mosque, a synagogue is a building where activities take place. If you find that there is a rabbi or a pastor or an imam, some kind of cleric,
3: a person right.
0: if they are if they are taking part in illicit illegal activity, here's what you do. I know it's going to be crazy. This is a crazy idea. You arrest them. That is what you do. You don't bulldoze the building because the building didn't create anything. The building didn't act in a criminal manner. The person did. Whoever is taking part in the criminal criminal enterprise, that is who you arrest and you extract from the building and let the church continue.
3: If Hillary Clinton or Bernie Sanders were talking about closing Christian churches or Christian cafes or bistros or whatever he said... Yeah. Um, because of Robert Louis Deere, the Planned yeah. Parenthood shooter, Marco Rubio would be losing his mind.
0: Absolutely, he would.
3: He would lose his mind. Yeah. Any, any of these people that are saying... We need to do something about the mosques. Let's go close the mosques. Well, where
0: where are these very people that you're talking about right now? Where are they in the wake of... Then we could end those Muslims. Where, where are they? When that speech is being given to thousands of college students.
3: Do you mean where are...
0: Where's Marco Rubio to oh, okay, shut right. down that college? Because they are fomenting insurrection. They are fomenting <laughs> violent... Uh, conduct illegal behavior to take out the Muslims, end those Muslims.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Where's Marco Rubio to to scorn that behavior, to speak out against that violent that violent speech?
3: Mm-hmm.
0: It's it's just wildly hypocritical and obviously blatantly partisan.
3: Well, I had a new thought. How terrifying would it be to be on the Liberty campus? I mean, I know it's like, you know, uh, non-Mormons go to BYU. That's a thing. Right. So I guess it's possible that there are Muslims that go to Liberty University. And just what a terrifying thing to be on that campus when he the president has given a speech saying in those Muslims and the vast majority of the people in that arena were cheering for that. Oh yeah. What a terrifying thing to be on that campus. They were
0: fired up at the at the prospect.
2: Then we could end those Muslims.
0: I mean, listen to this.
2: I've always thought if more if more good people had concealed carry permits, then we could end those Muslims before they before they go off can of kill
0: it? That is raucous applause.
3: Well, he sure is making his dad proud now, isn't he?
0: Ugh, it's disgusting. All right, well, let's move on to the president's address this evening. December 6th, 2015, 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. West Coast. And he gave about a 13-minute address to the nation... About all of this. We're not gonna play the whole thing, but we're gonna I'm gonna play a few clips of things. We'll praise some, criticize some, you know, do what we do. <laughs> so we're gonna start off with kind of his 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 four-point plan on what he wants to accomplish and how we're gonna go about fighting this impending. And like I've said before on the show, it is only a matter of I mean, this was only ISIL inspired. It is only a matter of time. And I hate to say it, but it is a a when, not an if situation relative to actual ISIL fighters on US soil. And this is part one
1: of his four part plan. Well, here's what I want you to know. The threat from terrorism is real, but we will overcome it. We will destroy ISIL and any other organization that tries to harm us. Our success won't depend on tough talk or abandoning our values or giving in to fear. That's what groups like ISIL are hoping for. Instead, we will prevail by being strong and smart, resilient and relentless, and by drawing upon every aspect of American power. Here's how. First, our military will continue to hunt down terrorist plotters in any country where it is necessary. In Iraq and Syria, airstrikes are taking out ISIL leaders, heavy weapons, oil tankers, infrastructure. And since the attacks in Paris, our closest allies, including France, Germany, and the United Kingdom, have ramped up their contributions to our military campaign, which will help us accelerate our effort to destroy ISIL. So all of that. Is okay. I guess a lot of this
0: is okay as long as they actually do what the fuck they say they're gonna do. You know what I mean? Yes. Um,
3: Although you were a little, you you were generally not pleased with this. I, I
0: wasn't. I'm not pleased even with his demeanor, with his the 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 the, the mood. He he didn't,
3: He looked tired.
0: He very tired. He looks thin. He looks malnourished, if you ask me. He doesn't look inspiring. He doesn't look to me. To instill confidence in the American people. And he's a good speaker. He didn't show up.
3: I just saw him speak at the, uh, the Kennedy Center Honors. Mm-hmm. And he looked great. Right. He was being funny. I was like laughing out loud at several points during the speech, and then this was completely different. And I understand that it's you know, he's giving an award to George Lucas there, and now he's talking about ISIL and terrorist attacks here, so it needs to be a more somber mood.
0: Yeah, but this is more important than his George Lucas speech. Exactly. More effort, more preparation needs to go into this because he's talking to three hundred and fifty million Americans whom he needs to instill and imbue with confidence and, and, and knowledge that they're going to be okay. He's, in, he's trying to enlist the support, emotional support and otherwise, of the American people. And I think he fell flat. Anyway, here's
1: number two of his four-point plan. Second, we will continue to provide training and equipment to tens of thousands of Iraqi and Syrian forces fighting ISIL on the ground so that we take away their safe havens. In both countries, we're deploying special operations forces who can accelerate that offensive. We've stepped up this effort since the attacks in Paris and will continue to invest more in approaches that are working on the ground. This again, if they actually do
0: it, is a way to get it done. Because if all we're doing is supplying air support and, and sorties and a barrage of bombing raids, that's not going to get it done. We absolutely need boots on the ground. Whether they're ours, whether they're Jordanian, whether they're Turkish, whether we rise up some kind of Syrian slash Iraqi militia, it needs to be done. Mm -hmm. And it needs to be done better than we've done it in the past because we've spent millions and millions of dollars training a Syrian um, militia And there's fewer than 75 that actually got trained. That is egregious. So, like I said, if what he says is going to
1: happen actually happens, I will be happy. Number three. Third, we're working with friends and allies to stop ISIL's operations, to disrupt plots, cut off their financing, and prevent them from recruiting more fighters. Since the attacks in Paris, we've surged intelligence sharing with our European allies. We're working with Turkey to seal its border with Syria. And we are cooperating with Muslim-majority countries and with our Muslim communities here at home to counter the vicious ideology that ISIL promotes online.
0: All, all good. I think sharing a judicious um, level of sharing our intelligence with competent European allies is a good thing.
3: Well, and also the social networking aspect of it is of growing importance as well Absolutely, that is how they're recruiting people. That is how they're communicating. And that is something that needs to be taken into consideration. It,
0: on an, on an infrastructure level how they're going to organize this and actually execute is okay. something that I, I wouldn't wish on anyone. This is a daunting task, especially if we're going to open some kind of a consolidated intelligence situation uh, throughout America and Europe. I mean, that's, that's, that's opening a can of worms that I really hope they're able to pull it off seamlessly because our safety in the civilized world depends on it.
1: His fourth point. Fourth, with American leadership, the international community has begin, begun to establish a process and timeline to pursue ceasefires and a political resolution to the Syrian war. Doing so will allow the Syrian people and every country, including our allies, but also countries like Russia, to focus on the common goal of destroying ISIL, a group that threatens us all. Like I said,
0: there's nothing to argue with there if it's done. And only time will tell. If the past is any barometer, I, would, I don't have high hopes. I don't think that this president is very adroit where it relates to very delicate foreign policy matters such as this. I mean, this is, this is he errs on the side of being the nice guy and not pulling the trigger. And at some point, we are going to have to pull the trigger. It might be unpopular to say. It might not make everybody happy that, oh, there might be another war. But sometimes when you face tough, extraordinary circumstances, you have to take the tough, and extraordinary steps to extricate yourself from a terrible situation. Right now, ISIL is that situation. He did continue.
1: Now, here at home, we have to work together to address the challenge. There are several steps that Congress should take right away. To begin with, Congress should act to make sure no one on a no-fly list is able to buy a gun. What could possibly be the argument for allowing a terrorist suspect to buy a semi-automatic weapon? This is a matter of national security. That I have no disagreement with.
0: In fact, I would ask Republicans, I would ask supporters of Republicans... What in the fuck is wrong with stopping someone who cannot fly because they are affiliated or associated or a risk of terror? Why would you let them walk into a Walmart and buy a gun? It doesn't make any sense whatsoever. And the argument that I'm hearing right now from these assholes in Congress, these asshole elected officials, is... Well, that's a distraction from the real point right now. uh, Doing that wouldn't have stopped these people. It doesn't matter. I, before the president said it, didn't know that our government right now is so incompetent that someone who is on a terror watch list, who cannot board a plane because of it, is able to buy a weapon of, of, of death, a weapon of destruction. That is absurd.
3: Well, Marco Rubio and Jeb Bush, just to name two, don't agree with you.
0: Uh, what, what happened to the party of my childhood? This is very disconcerting.
3: And and what is their argument again? That um, their, their constitutional right is being...
0: They say that, well, there's some people on that list. There might be people on that list who are innocent and don't really need to be on the list so that logic works great for buying a gun but it doesn't work great for death for death row where you know some innocent people are going to be convicted and put to death ah who cares but if some innocent person might not be able to buy a gun oh my god we have to move heaven and fucking earth to make sure they get they get their hands on a gun, even if they're a suspected terrorist.
3: How often are people, you know, accidentally being put on the no-fly list? <laughs> I, I
0: can't imagine it happens often.
3: Like, oops, sorry, Listen, we didn't mean to put you on there.
0: I think it does happen. Oh, of course. But there's a process to go through. I mean, there's been, you know, where 18-month-old babies are on the list and shit like that. But there is an administrative bureaucratic process to go through to get your name off the list it doesn't make any sense he continues and this is where we part ways
1: we also need to make it harder for people to buy powerful assault weapons like the ones that were used in san bernardino i know there are some who reject any gun safety measures but the fact is that our intelligence and law enforcement agencies no matter how effective they are cannot identify every would be mass shooter whether that individual is motivated by ISIL or some other hateful ideology what we can do and must do is make it harder for them to kill how specifically
0: president obama do we do that just lobbing up the ball to congress you know is not going to result in anything that's not moving the conversation forward Saying, oh, here's what we need to do with these general platitudes. That's not leadership. What I expected from him today was, this is what we need to do. And here specifically, dot, 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 dot. This is how we need to get it done. And he failed. He failed to do so. You can't pass the buck to a dysfunctional Congress and think you did your job.
3: And I remember after he said that, you were pretty enraged and said, yep, no plan.
0: No plan. No
3: specifics.
0: No specifics. Uh, Very disappointing in our leadership. This is the president of the United States. He has a team of people at his disposal to come up with policy. And he failed to do so in a time of need. So he's going to put it on the Congress. He's going to rely upon the nuts in the Tea Party to do something. Is that his plan? Hey, Tea Party, I know you got this one. Go ahead. Take it home. It's ridiculous. <laughs> so he continues and, you know, kind of bringing it around and getting good again. He finished strong, as far as I'm concerned, because he kind of bucks the typical leftist way liberal way of thinking where you don't want to offend anybody you don't want to say oh the the muslim community really has a responsibility to root out this level of radicalism within its ranks that's not
1: something you hear all the time until tonight we must enlist muslim communities as some of our strongest allies rather than push them away through suspicion and hate That does not mean denying the fact that an extremist ideology has spread within some Muslim communities is a real problem that Muslims must confront without excuse. Muslim leaders here and around the globe have to continue working with us to decisively and unequivocally reject the hateful ideology that groups like ISIL and al Qaeda promote, to speak out against not just acts of violence, but also those interpretations of Islam that are incompatible with the values of religious tolerance, mutual respect, and human dignity.
0: Who can argue with that? That is good stuff.
3: I'm sure somebody can.
0: <laughs> Reza Aslam, I'm sure, would have issue with that. So, all in all, I, mean, I guess we'll wait and see. I wish that I had been... I wish I had had more confidence instilled in me by our president, but I didn't.
3: If if they would have had better lighting, I think you would have <laughs> you would have been a little more confident. You think
0: just the cinematography was off?
3: Yeah, the bags under the their, eyes. Their
0: DP, their director of photography, just eh, he wasn't really getting it done tonight. Yeah,
3: yeah. <laughs> that's what I'm going with anyway.
0: Maybe he had Sasha Malia. And uh, Michelle in there running the—they were the crew. They were running the lights and the camera.
3: That is (laughs) very possible, yes.
0: Yeah, it didn't look good. Anyway, like I said, we'll see. Let's let's move on from this, though. And we've still got a couple of stories in politics, but let's move off of this. We really want to hear from you. Definitely want to hear from you on this. I mean, this is stuff that is shaping our world. This isn't just United States stuff. This is Northern Europe. This is in your front yard. This is happening to us all. If you live in a modern society, you are at risk. Russia, they're at risk. Sweden, Norway, Finland, Amsterdam, all of Northern Europe, you're all at risk. Paris, nobody's safe from these maniacs. We want to hear from you. 657-464-7609. Of course, email a voice memo from your smartphone. To i doubt it at dollamore.com. so ben carson this last week gave a speech to a jewish republican group i know that sounds like a, a thing that doesn't exist but it is <laughs> and i think that ben carson must have been real hungry before he got up on stage and while he was on
1: stage because he kept he kept talking about hummus But beyond the territorial challenge, a much bigger challenge exists. The challenge is the split between Fatah and Hamas. Fatah and Hamas operate in a constant state of conflict.
0: Yeah, Hamas. Fatah and Hamas, they don't like each other.
3: I think what he means is Hamas.
0: (laughs) What a fucking idiot. Running for president at one point, was leading in the polls or second place. The Republicans just don't know how to pick a candidate. What is happening? Not only that, but his normal sleepy demeanor was enhanced by the fact that he wasn't looking at the audience. He was head down, straight down, reading the text off of a piece of paper because he is so inept at international relations that he has to just read what is put in front of him cuz he's a moron.
3: I was going to say he's already having, you know, severe foreign policy image issues. Yes. And this does not help. When Hamas. you're not, when you're having to read it off the paper, you're not pronouncing the things correctly. Right. I mean that means that you haven't talked about Hamas. You haven't right? heard people talk about Hamas. You
0: haven't flipped on CNN in the last 3 months.
3: And, and listen, I, I'm i not the best reader, so I totally understand. <laughs> but when you see Hamas, it's not hummus. It's
0: H-A-M-A-S, <laughs> is it
3: not? That is what it is, yes. Hamas. And then hummus is not like that.
0: H-U-M-M-U-S. M-M-U-S. Right, so. Hummus.
3: Yeah. damn. And not come the on. same.
0: Come on, Ben Carson. Come on.
3: Come on. Oh, come on.
0: So the other thing that happened this week. <laughs> we'll move on to Hillary Clinton. Uh-oh. The question that was bound to happen, happened. And I want to juxtapose her answer against something she said not too long ago in a video released by her campaign.
1: I want to send a message to every survivor of sexual assault. Don't let anyone silence your voice You have a right to be heard, and you have a right to be
0: believed. We're with you. You have a right to be believed. Well, at a campaign stop in New Hampshire, she was asked by a woman in the audience this.
3: Hey, that all rape victims should be believed. But would you say that about Johnny to Broderick, Kathleen Wiley, and or Paula Jones? Should we believe them as well? Well, I would say that everybody should be believed at first
0: until they are disbelieved based on evidence. A complete and utter bullshit answer from Hillary Clinton. Her husband, former President Bill Clinton, was disbarred. Disbarred by the state of Arkansas and disbarred for 5 years by the Supreme Court of the United States from practicing before it because of his conduct throughout only one of those cases the Paula Jones case
3: did he i don't think he raped paula jones though
0: no no but I don't there think was, that a, was there the was accusation. a lawsuit right. and he it, you know exposing yourself and there's a what is a sexual assault is a fine line Kathleen Willey, that incident, that could be sexual assault. The only rape case that she was talking about within the scope of her question was the allegations, because none of this has been proven, because none of these women at the time were believed because he was the president of the United States, is Juanita Broderick. So this question is going to come up again. And it's going to be asked probably more artfully by a person who can actually pronounce their names.
3: Yeah, that was a little painful. It's not
0: Joanita Broderick. It's Juanita. It's spelled like Juanita. And uh, Kathleen Wiley. It's, it's Willie is her name.
3: Oh, I was pronouncing it Willie earlier. No, it's Kathleen Willie. Oh, it is Willie? Yeah,
0: it's Willie, oh. not Wiley. She said Wiley.
3: Oh, okay. So
0: anyway, th- this is something that's going to haunt Hillary Clinton, especially, like I said after the fact, or after she's made videos like this.
1: I want to send a message to every survivor of sexual assault. Don't let anyone silence your
3: voice. You have a right to be heard, and you have a right to be believed. We're with you.
0: Unless you're accusing my husband, Bill Clinton, then ah, it's not credible because... W- w- the facts don't bear it out,
3: so I was gonna say, do you think that she knew this question was coming as oh, soon yeah. as the word rape was said?
0: oh, um, I don't know about in the moment, but I think she's in the back of her mind they've prepared her for, for that the question. question yeah, yeah because she how artful she, it didn't it didn't phase her she answered it and then plastered this big fucking fake smile on her face and then of course her supporters you know they're gonna applaud and s or d a little bit to make her feel good Mm -hmm. because it feels good (laughs) all right
3: i wouldn't know a lot about that
0: all right well let's move on to our final topic we always try to leave you happier than when you checked in or at least not quite as bummed out as you were in the middle (laughs) of such a heavy episode there has been a study released on the reception and detection of pseudo profound bullshit. And this is a real scientific study that has been published.
3: A lot of people are prone to what I call pseudo profound bullshit, <laughs> said Gordon Pennycook, a doctorate student at the University of Waterloo, who the, studies. Where is
0: this? Iowa? Canada. Oh, okay. Well, because that's an awesome, I expect like a Harry Potter voice, Pennybrook.
3: Cook, Penny Cook.
0: Penny Cook. Gordon, still,
3: Penny Cook. Still,
0: I expect to hear Harry, at,
3: Harry Potter at the University <laughs> of Waterloo.
0: Right, okay.
3: Who studies why some people are more easily duped than others? Quote Wholeness quiets infinite phenomena. Was one of the many randomly generated sentences Pennycook, along with a team of researchers at the University of Waterloo, used in a new four part study put together to gauge how receptive people are to nonsense. Pennycook used a website which refers to itself with an expletive for the sentences it produces to generate the language samples. In the first part, they asked nearly 300 participants to rate the profundity of Randomly generated sentences on a scale from 1 to 5. Not only did the statements receive an average score of 2.6, meaning that they viewed them as somewhat profound, but a quarter of participants gave them a score of 3 or higher, indicating that they considered them to be profound or even very profound. And they were meaningless statements. Oh, yeah. Just random words strung together like that one I read, the wholeness quiets infinite phenomena. (laughs) Well,
0: this is... This is very similar to the bullshit that constantly gets spewed by the likes of Deepak Chopra.
3: Right. So in the second part of the study, Penny Cook used real world examples of pseudo profound bullshit phrases, plucking tweets from Deepak Chopra's Twitter account that others have called vague or empty. For example, <laughs> quote, nature is a self-regulating ecosystem of awareness along Uh. with the randomly generated sentences used in the first exercise. And the results were virtually the same. Quote, they basically thought the tweets were just as profound as the randomly generated sentences. So they were equally bad at seeing the BS in both. And I won't go into the other studies because I've already been reading quite a bit. But let's go into why this is the case. The precise reasons that people see profundity in vague buzzwords or syntactic, but completely random sentences are unknown. Some people might not realize the reason they don't understand something is simply because there's nothing to understand, or they might just approach things they hear and read less skeptically. There are also a few characteristics that seem to correlate with those who are more prone to pseudo-profound language. Specifically, the researchers tested willingness to accept Pseudo profound statements along with a host of other personality characteristics as they describe those more receptive to bullshits are less reflective lower in cognitive ability are more prone to ontological confusions beliefs and things for which there is no empirical evidence dummies and conspiratorial ideation and are more likely to hold religious or paranormal beliefs.
0: Conspiratorial ideation. And
3: are more likely (laughs) to endorse complementary or alternative medicine, quote. That's
0: very funny. I would
3: say that a lot of people are just far too open to everything. They aren't skeptical or critical enough of what they hear and read.
0: Yeah, I would agree with that statement a lot. Hence, 36% for the jackass Donald Trump
3: and so I don't want to just say that people are dummies okay well
0: you didn't say it I said it
3: okay good I'm glad that that's a distinction because I like what they say
0: no go ahead
1: the views and opinions expressed by Jesse Dollamore are solely those of Jesse Dollamore and do not reflect the views and opinions of Brittany Page, who is a far superior person and much more measured and reasonable in her views and analysis.
3: So, I like when they said some people might not realize the reason they don't understand something is simply because there's nothing to understand. Yeah. And um, they just might approach these things and read them less skeptically. And I think that's true. You know, you're on the internet, you see some weird phrase, and it has, you know, nice little buzz words that make you f- feel fuzzy so you're like oh you know this must be profound
0: right right
3: you know i think that happens well, i think it's
0: also dummies they'll see something they don't quite understand and if it comes from someone with a pseudo reputable source thinking oh well, they must they're a smart guy they're famous it must mean something i'm just not quite equipped with uh the mental capacity the cognitive ability to understand it and they just chalk it up to, oh yeah, I understand that. Even though it you know, it's like Jimmy Kimmel out on the street asking people questions that are nonsense and they agree and say they, you know, have a whole story about it. Oh, right.
3: So I just had someone comment <laughs> and say that this is ethnocentric.
0: Oh, really? Jesus Christ.
3: Which is confusing to me because these were randomly generated sentences. These were <laughs> random words. Right, right. Now, in which culture is that like a thing? Right. Yeah. So if it's if it's ethnocentric, then this must be happening in a culture. And this is offensive to that culture. What culture is putting together, you know, meaningless buzzwords like literally these sentences mean nothing. They just put together random words in right. a sentence. It's
0: probably like a Deepak Chopra disciple who is, is you, you, you claim racism. If you claim this kind of a charge, then people, they tend to quiet down because who wants to be labeled a racist? It's terrible
3: it's also just confusing because these are randomly generated sentences that mean <laughs> nothing again. So right, I'm, right. it's not an indictment of any culture. It's not an indictment of any
0: randomly generated,
3: right? These are randomly generated sentences and people, all types of different people yeah, feel that they are profound. So uh, I don't, but that's okay.
0: Well, <laughs> as part of this, we are going to put it on the Facebook page. We don't have time to play the game again, but we have done this on the show.
3: Well, let's just do two.
0: All right. Let's play real or randomly generated. And Deepak Chopra is our high watermark.
3: We create our bodies as we create the experience of our world.
0: I think that's Deepak Chopra. That sounds like bullshit. And that sounds like Deepak Chopra.
3: Yes, that was a Deepak Chopra
0: quote. We create our bodies, all right?
3: Evolution imparts reality to subtle silence.
0: That that could very well be Deepak Chopra.
3: That was random. That was just (laughs) random words put together.
0: All right, let's do two more and then we got to go.
3: Okay, consciousness regulates and becomes the flow of energy and information in your body.
0: That, I would, I'd put money on it that that's Deepak.
3: That was real, yeah. (laughs) Wow, you're pretty good at this. In the deeper reality beyond space and time, we are members of one body and one mind.
0: That sounds like Deepak Chopra.
3: That is. Okay, let's do one more. Photons are colorless electromagnetic frequencies.
0: I think that's Deepak.
3: It was. What is wrong That's, with you? This isn't
0: this isn't randomly generated. These are all Deepak. No,
3: the well, it's not doing a good job of mixing them up, but yeah, apparently you're reading Deepak Chopra books. I in am a your disciple.
0: Yeah, I'm a disciple of Mr. Chopra. Don't denigrate the integrity of my of my master.
3: I am not denigrating. <laughs> Trust me.
0: All right. We are gonna leave you. We love you. We appreciate you. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for allowing us a week off. We really appreciate it to recharge our sickened batteries. Until next time,
3: for Brittany Page, I'm Jesse Dollimore. This has been I Doubt This massive tarantula on the window.